0: Chapters thirty seven and thirty eight of the Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulet. The Life and Doctrine of Saint Catherine of Genoa. Chapters thirty seven and thirty eight. Chapter thirty seven. For nearly nine years before her death, the saint suffered from a malady not understood by physicians or by anyone else. It was not a bodily infirmity, neither did it seem to her a spiritual operation, and it was very difficult on the part of those who attended her to know how to treat it. Medicine was of no avail, still less the support obtained from bodily sustenance, but at length a way was found to control it. She was greatly debilitated, so that at times, she appeared to be near her end. For a year before her death, she did not eat in a week what another would require for one meal, and for the last six months, she only took a little broth, refusing everything else. She never omitted Holy Communion, except when absolutely unable to receive it, and in that case, she suffered more from the deprivation than from all her infirmities indeed it seemed as if she could not live without this most holy sacrament the vehemence of her spirit became at length so great that it shattered her bodily frame from head to foot so that there was not a limb or nerve that was not tormented by her inward fires she threw off blood and other substances so that it was thought that she retained nothing even of the very little she ate And for the last two weeks, she took nothing but the Most Holy Communion. She could not sleep. Her suffering was so intense, and her screams were dreadful. The burning interior and exterior flames prevented her from moving or being moved. Her sufferings banished from her, all friends and spiritual persons, who could offer her any relief, so that she remained in perfect interior and exterior solitude. And she suffered, too, in another way. Her humanity would sometimes crave food so extremely, that it would make any effort to obtain it, and when it was offered, the appetite was gone, and she could not taste it, but remained patient in her hunger. She was so entirely abandoned to her sufferings, that she appeared as if transfixed to the cross, with no desire but for the blessed sacrament on the other hand she was so happy and uttered such burning words of divine love that all around her wept with emotion many persons came from a distance to see her and speak with her and recommended themselves to her believing that they had been a creature more divine than human as in truth she was they beheld heaven in her soul and purgatory in her agonized body She saw the condition of the souls in purgatory in the mirror of her humanity and of her mind, and therefore spoke of it so clearly. She seemed to stand on a wall separating this life from the other, that she might relate in one what she saw suffered in the other. We are told of Saint Ignatius, that after his martyrdom, his heart was opened and on it was found inscribed, in letters of gold, the sweet name of Jesus. And who can doubt that if the heart of this loving servant of God had been opened, some wonderful mark would have been found upon it. The burning flames within even changed the color of the flesh about her heart, and if fire was applied to her body, she did not feel it. So much more powerful was the interior flame. But there is this difference between material fire and the flames of divine love, that the one consumes and destroys, while the other sustains and strengthens. Chapter 38 Many graces were bestowed on this soul chosen of God, and many divine works were accomplished in her, during the year before she passed from this life to the Lord. And as things which take place suddenly cause greater terror, god revealed to her at a glance the order of his operations and that she must die in great suffering and made manifest to her this suffering even her death when humanity heard this she became almost frantic and it seemed as if the soul must leave the body for she could not utter a word when this terrible picture was removed this holy soul uttered words of such ardent and inflamed love that all present trembled at them and although they were not understood by them, yet they were filled with wonder at beholding such an effect. While the revelation was taking place, the soul remained as lifeless as the body, having no sensibility to anything spiritual, being like one dead. She could not speak of this spiritual sight, neither give any idea of it, but her gestures and motions appeared so wonderful as to strike with awe and astonishment every beholder. Her confessor was filled with dread at these things, considering the strict account to be rendered to God at the hour of death, when nothing is excused. What he beheld remained impressed on his mind, and preyed upon it for many days. When the spirit was occupied intently with divine love, and he did not whether humanity lived or died, so long as the soul could remain with God, humanity expostulated, saying, you cannot continue in this way and live. God does not design that I should yet die. And certainly, you would do nothing but the divine will. As I must live, whether you will or not, you must quit this burning flame, and condescend to bear with me, so long as it may please God, although I am sure that at any rate you will make me suffer enough. For every day you are gaining power, and becoming more intent on accomplishing your purpose, and in the end you will surely conquer. When the spirit found itself obliged to yield somewhat to humanity, if it had not been restrained by a divine power, it would have reduced that body to dust, to obtain the liberty to be entirely occupied with itself. And the body, on its side, would rather have endured a thousand deaths than suffer so much from the oppression of the spirit, and in its distress it would often exclaim, Oh wretched that I am to be engaged in so frightful a conflict then addressing the spirit it would say, I know that you cannot endure me because I hold you bound on earth in exile and deprived of the fruition of the unbounded love of God. But I cannot sustain this fire of the love of God rather would I endure any other torture than one day in its burning flames. The spirit gradually consumed the human part and reduced it to such exterior and interior weakness, that it could no longer complain, or make any of its former demonstrations. And the Blessed One could sometimes only utter such words as these, Love of God, Sweetness of God, Purity of God. At another time she would be continually repeating, Charity, Union, and Peace, and sometimes only one word, God, God. At last she said nothing, for all her powers were confined within. On one occasion her heart was kindled by so burning a flame of love that she could not endure it, and turning to a picture of the Samaritan woman at the well, she cried out, O Lord, I pray thee, give me a drop of that water which thou givest to the Samaritan. And instantly a drop of that divine water was given to her, which refreshed her more than human tongue can describe sometimes the conflict between humanity and the spirit was so great that the soul found herself as it were suspended in the air drawn up by her intense desire to reach heaven and yet attached to earth by her human and inferior part at length the superior part so far conquered the inferior that the latter became more and more detached from earth and although at first this seemed strange to humanity and she was discontented Yet she soon began to lose all attraction for earth, and to enjoy these things which the spiritual part enjoyed, till at length the attraction of the spirit so far prevailed, that the two became reconciled and were satisfied with the same food, although the human part did not entirely forget the earth. But she was ever receiving such tidings from heaven, that she became constantly more firm, more persevering, more joyful and satisfied. So as by degrees, to attain repose this drawing of the spirit part towards heaven was a means of purification and the higher she ascended the more she became detached from all things natural awaiting the moment when she would leave the body at death as the moment when she would leave purgatory for heaven for god in his grace makes the body of some persons their purgatory this holy soul continually suffered more and more from the favors of divine love Sometimes for five or six days, she could hardly breathe. So great was the vehemence of this inward fire. And every attack was more violent than the last, obliging her to conceal herself from all creatures, to avoid their observation and wonder at her extraordinary condition. Her body trembled like a leaf during these attacks, although her soul was in perfect peace. Sometimes even blood would flow from her nose, and she was so reduced that, For several days, her strength would not return, and it was only restored to prepare her for a fresh attack. End of chapters 37 and 38